0: Right, she's just talking to these three game pieces.
1: No, they were game pieces were just how they were portrayed in Terror Island. In this comic, <laughs> they would be portrayed by some sort of weird,
0: uh, otherworldly figures. Right, and there are four of them because three of them is just how they were photographed.
1: No, there are, there are three of them.
0: Okay, I'm just saying if they don't have to be game pieces, all bets are off.
1: No, that's not all bets are off. Just some bets <laughs> are off.
0: Sid and Stephen could have been like five people each. Welcome to Request Cast, the request-based podcast. I'm Lewis Powell. And I'm Ben Heaton.
1: And today's request comes from an anonymous requester who requests the following. I would like to request a superhero podcast in which Ben and Lewis each pick a superhero power and a supervillain power. Explain the choices and discuss if Ben's superhero could defeat Lewis's supervillain and vice versa. So, to be clear on what's happening, I'm going to design a supervillain and Ben's going to design a superhero, and then Ben's going to design a supervillain and I'm going to design a superhero... And we're going to see which superhero-supervillain combo wins, I guess. I guess the superhero should go first, because I feel like supervillains are often created in response to superheroes.
0: Yeah, often as kind of a dark mirror. Yes. So, Ben. Okay, so I'm supposed to come up with a superhero?
1: Yes. Strictly speaking, the request just says to come up with a superhero power, but I feel like we should come up with the whole superhero. Let's
0: see. Okay, how about a superhero with the power to transform animals into other animals? (laughs) Just to clarify, this doesn't work on humans. So non-human animals into other non-human
1: animals, or can it turn non-human animals into human animals?
0: No. Can it do fictional animals? You know, I'm going to say no. It has to be real. Okay, so no unicorns. But you could turn, like, a dog into a cat, or a frog into a rhinoceros, and so on in that fashion.
1: Right, so there's no conservation of anything interesting here.
0: There's conservation of number of animals. (laughs) You couldn't turn a cat into a swarm of bees. You could turn a cat into one bee. Wait, could you turn it into a pregnant ant queen? I'm going to say only if the cat was pregnant. Okay, some important questions that people
1: need to understand are the first questions you should always ask when you're thinking about superhero superpowers. Is the superhero's consciousness, energy, or existence required to sustain the transformation?
0: No, they just initiate it.
1: So if he turns your cat into an ant... And then dies, the cat remains an ant forever unless some other superhero has this power. Yeah. Okay.
0: Or, I don't know, like a power that's specifically for turning things into cats.
1: Right, right. So, if you turn the pregnant cat into uh, something that gives... Do cats give litters? Yeah. Okay, but ants have more babies. So, what I'm wondering is, can you somehow cheat and get a bunch of extra animals by turning a pregnant cat into something that's not a cat that has, like, swarms instead of litters of babies?
0: No, I think you'd end up with an ant queen that just doesn't have many eggs going at that time. All right. So, what is the name of your superhero? Uh, Captain Animal Changer. There's probably a better name than that. <laughs> Give me a minute. Okay. Zoomorpho. Zoomorpho. <laughs> Zoomorpho. You know, I'm going to go with Zoomorpho. I don't think there's going to be a good name here.
1: What about, like, the animal husband or something? Like, for animal husbandry.
0: Yeah, but that kind of sounds like he's having sex with the animals.
1: What about, like, level three druid?
0: Dr. (laughs) Dulots. That's it. That's the winner. Okay. Dr. Dulots. His costume is just a suit with pictures of a lot of different animals on it, which he uses (laughs) as a memory aid. Can
1: I tell you what would be amazing is if the suit had a picture of, like, uh hippogriff or whatever, and people were like, oh, do you have control over hippogriffs, or can you... He's like, no, 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 that is a hippopotamus turning into a griffin, or whatever, you know, like...
0: (laughs) Turning into an eagle.
1: Yeah, a lion turning into an eagle, where people misinterpret it like he's got all these mythic creatures under his control, but
0: really, they're just ordinary transformations. You could get some exciting animals out of this, and he would be useful in helping with endangered species. Yeah, true. Like, if there's an elephant species that's endangered, you can just... I don't know, turn whatever random insects are around into more of them, because who cares about those insects?
1: Yeah, it's completely unlikely that that would destabilize the biosphere.
0: His whole thing is destabilizing the biosphere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure he's a hero? Okay, here are some other questions that we need to ask about these powers. Does he have to have line of sight, or is it just that he's thinking about the animal and knows where it is, or touch, or what's the criterion of power here?
0: I'm going to say both line of sight and some sort of distance limit, like maybe within a couple hundred feet.
1: Now does the whole animal have to be within a couple hundred feet? The animal's heart have to be within a couple hundred feet? It's going to be important because there's going to be an episode where he's like running at top speed to catch up to a cheetah to turn it into like a turtle or something. And like the tail is just in the radius.
0: Yeah, or he's trying to turn some really large snake into a less dangerous snake so it won't attack him. But the snake's tail is too far away. (laughs) Yes. I think the animal's brain should be the part that's relevant for this. Okay, not all animals have brains, do they? Okay, specifically the pineal gland, which is where the animal's soul is.
1: I believe if you'll consult your day card, animals don't have souls. Do they have pineal glands? I don't think
0: so. Oh. All right, whichever part of an animal contains its species essence. (laughs) Which is going to be his technobabble (laughs) term for what he's transforming.
1: So he has control over the the essence of species. Right.
0: You change that and the animal's entire body changes as a result.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. The world's first Aristotelian superhero. (laughs) With the power of substantial change
0: over animal forms. What is his origin story? Uh, One day he was bitten by all types of animals. (laughs) What was his job? What was he doing
1: near all types of animals?
0: Let's say he was trying to steal them from a zoo.
1: (laughs) Your hero has... Okay. No, I like it. You know what? I like the journey of redemption.
0: He realizes that he can use his animal powers for good instead of evil. He's from Animal City, home of the largest zoo. He tried to steal all (laughs) animals and was instead bitten (laughs) by all animals. No, is it sequentially or simultaneously? Simultaneously.
1: Okay, he had them all in a big bag, and they all just got out and bit him at once.
0: <laughs> the bag had a large opening, large enough for them to all stick their mouths through it.
1: Okay. And what's his mild-mannered name, or does he have a, uh, an alter ego anymore, or does he just live his entire life as Dr. Dulots?
0: I think he would live his entire life as Dr. Dulots. It's not like he had... Is he actually a doctor? No. Okay. No, there could be a recurring thing where someone is in medical trouble and wants his help, and he has to explain that he's not that kind of doctor, or any kind of doctor. (laughs) Yeah, or
1: any kind of doctor. They're like, could you interpret this work of literature for me? And he's like, no, I'm actually, I'm not even a PhD. I'm just...
0: (laughs) (laughs) But maybe he could use his animal powers to help out anyway. He turns a fly into a bookworm, and that eats the book, and they don't need to interpret it. (laughs) That's
1: how it works, too. If you can destroy the copy of the book, you don't have to interpret it.
0: This is our advice to students.
1: Okay, so Dr. Dulots, citizen of Animal City. So originally he stole animals. How does he safeguard the world now?
0: Like, suppose somebody is trying to steal a kid's dog. He can turn the dog into an elephant so that they can't steal it. And then he gives it back to the kid and turns it back into a dog.
1: (laughs) That's, That's a good strategy. Oh, important question. How much of their individual personalities do the animals retain when you change them? So like if you have a well-trained dog that loves you and you turn it into a wasp, is it likely to sting you or is it likely to act like a dog in a wasp's body?
0: I think it would still act like a dog, but a confused dog. Okay. I picture the animals being kind of taken aback by the transformation. So
1: this comic book, if it's a comic book, has a lot of panels of animal surprise. Which is visually pretty interesting. Yeah, no, that'll be awesome. Okay, so that's the superhero, Dr. Dulots.
0: All right, now you come up with a supervillain.
1: There's two directions to go for the supervillain. The supervillain could either be like the dark mirror in the same realm, or they could be about a conflicting realm. So like you could go for the super literal and that you could have like just the mad scientist who vivisects animals or whatever. That seems too pedestrian and boring. Also, evil scientist is not strictly speaking a superpower.
0: I mean, it's a popular choice for supervillains. It is. That's Lex Luthor's power.
1: Yeah, true.
0: But you'll notice that Superman
1: also has a lot of other villains that have actual powers.
0: Uh, It's Brainiac's power, that and being from space. (laughs) I'm gonna go with...
1: Let's see. If it's supposed to be their arch nemesis, then I feel like it's a different question than if it's just one of the villains that would appear in the comic. Because, like, here's a villain that could just appear in the comic, the Pianist. And the Pianist's special power is activated by playing, like, genuine ivory pianos or whatever. And, like, he's trying to construct an entire piano built out of ivory, like, where every part of the piano is built out of ivory. So he's an elephant poacher. No, he just, he has to employ a bunch of elephants. He doesn't actually poach the elephants himself. He's got some sort of music-based powers.
0: Yeah, he's this genteel, classy villain
1: yeah yeah he's wearing a tux the whole time but i want his i want his actual arch nemesis so the arch nemesis of dr doulots so dr Dulatz's powers revolve around changing animals
0: mm-hmm. like let's say he has a bunch of horses and he needs to stack them he could turn them into sponges
1: <laughs> and then they would be stacked so easily okay So he's pro-environment is sort of the core. I mean, I know you said he's all about destabilizing the biosphere, but he's at least attempting to use his powers to protect the environment. Right. Okay. Then I feel like his arch nemesis is going to be Professor Von Neumann, which is probably the actual name of the guy that the Von Neumann robots or whatever are named after.
0: Is his power to make copies of himself?
1: Yes. That's a good power. However, for some weird reason, maybe he's a, oh, you know what? He's a carnivore. Okay. So the copies of himself have to kill and eat animals. Like a lot of animals. That's how his transformation is powered. He basically, he's a machine that turns eating animals into duplicates of himself.
0: Well, it sounds like he might want Dr. Dulots' help in getting a better food source. Dr. Dulatz could like turn an ant into a large cow.
1: Oh yeah, his dream is to have Dr. Dulots chained up and forced to help him convert... As many animals as possible into the most convenient form for eating and duplicating himself. Dr. Dulatz versus the evil Professor Von Neumann. You know what? So much for the historical John Von Neumann. This guy's origin story is that he is the original John Von Neumann. <laughs> he had an accident when he was attempting to invent a universal constructor. And became one. Yes. Yes. Oh, but here's the thing, not all of the copies necessarily have to share the same outlook and ideology.
0: Oh, so they have different personalities?
1: They all have the power. And let's say it's not an easy, like it's not like every time you have a hamburger you can duplicate, like you've gotta build up a lot of animal essence to get a duplication going.
0: Wait, you said animal essence instead of like mass or anything, is this going off of the same vaguely defined species essence that Dr. Dulots manipulates?
1: Yeah, that's right. The thing that Dr. Dulats manipulates is what What's-His-Name has to, like, drag out of the animals through the process of eating them. And the evil John von Neumann.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that his full name? Evil is part of it? Yeah. Is that how he introduces himself? (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: No, he does not. I'm telling it from the perspective of Dr. Dulats.
0: I was thinking that this could be how we differentiate the character from John von Neumann as people know him. This one always calls himself the evil John von Neumann.
1: At any rate, here's the best part about Professor Von Neumann, the evil Professor Von Neumann. The ongoing plotline, like I know I'm writing your hero's script for you now, but the ongoing plotline with this arch nemesis system is going to be Dr. Dulotz trying to make sure that he's eliminated every last Von Neumann. But he's got imperfect information about how many times
0: von Neumann has previously done this. And this villain can potentially grow exponentially if unchecked.
1: Right, and so he's trying to wipe them all out so that he can be done with it forever. But no matter how many times in the comic book that you think he's gotten the original von Neumann...
0: Yeah, there could be another one just hiding somewhere else. It's actually pretty good for the writers of this, because you don't need to come up with some explanation of how, oh, the villain survived that fall, even though it looked like he totally didn't. That's built into the character. Yes. Is he superhumanly good at eating animals, or is he just regular good at that?
1: What I'm imagining is he's got some sort of robotic attachment or whatever that, like, he shoots out at the animal and that sucks out their species essence.
0: Does that also get duplicated when he makes a copy?
1: Yes. See, he's a cyborg, and what he creates is a bio-cybernetic replicant of himself.
0: Well, doesn't he need, like, metal in order to do that, or is it just made purely out of this animal essence?
1: (laughs) I mean, animals contain some trace amounts of metals, so maybe that's why he has to eat so many. It's like Mr. Wizard showed us, where you pour the bran cereal into the blender, and then you put a magnet on top, and you turn the blender on, and then there's, like, actual iron filings. So, I mean, there's metal in animals.
0: I'm just wondering how much of that you get out of, like, a steak.
1: No, but he's not eating a steak. He's, like, jamming his tube into, like, the cow body and sucking out the things that he needs.
0: Okay. Plus the species essence. So who do we think would win? I think it depends a lot on where they're fighting and how many animals are around. Without a good supply of animals at hand, Dr. Dulots isn't going to be able to do much. But with a good supply of animals around... He could turn an animal into a swordfish and then sword fight with that. (laughs) I'm assuming cartoon logic here with how animals work.
1: Yeah, that seems right. No, this is clearly grounded very heavily in realistic science. At least
0: realistic Aristotelian science. I'm assuming writers who take names of animals kind of seriously and don't look up what they actually do. Like, if he has to go underwater, he'd just turn something into a lungfish and therefore be able to breathe.
1: Oh man, what if it was a restriction that, like, you could only turn a cat into a catfish? (laughs)
0: You can only transform animals into other animals with similar names. <laughs> we need a seahorse. Bam! Get a horse. <laughs> then we can do it. Uh, he could turn a horsefly into a horse and then turn that into a seahorse. <laughs> this sounded like the basis for an odd puzzle game.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of Counterfeit Monkey.
0: oh you need an animal that can break this lock. Get to it in less than three steps, given these inputs. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, I mean, so on one level, the hero is always going to win. But I guess the question, if we're going to say, like, would the hero beat the villain, should be this.
0: I think a lasting victory is probably outside his means.
1: A lasting victory against Professor von Neumann. Yeah. Okay. So Professor von Neumann seems like he's got, in some sense, the leg up in this fight.
0: Right. Because no matter how many of him get killed by a suddenly confused tiger or whatever, he's got backups.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the backups have backups. Oh, what is the catchphrase for uh, Dr. i
0: I'm Dr. Do-lots, and I'm here to do lots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but really, what is it really?
0: Let's change some animals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that one, I'll let you go in. Let's change some animals. Does he have a sidekick?
0: Okay, how about he has a pet dog who is used to being turned into other animals by him? Okay so this is someone he can rely on to turn into a horse and not have to deal with this animal suddenly being confused about how to run as a horse. Oh man, I would totally read this comic. He would be able to turn animals into parrots and then have them talk, except that that wouldn't actually work because parrots need a lot of training <laughs> before they can reproduce your phrases.
1: Okay, so I think we've got your superhero down. And my supervillain, the actual Professor John von. <laughs>
0: Okay, so now your superhero. Okay. My superhero. Now, some
1: of you who have listened to recent episodes might expect that I would just bust out my standard go-to superhero, Metal Hands McGee. But importantly, Metal Hands McGee is not technically a superhero cuz Metal Hands McGee doesn't have any superpowers. So, good superpower. Want to strike the right pitch between goofy and actually interesting.
0: Are we supposed to be going for goofy? <laughs>
1: I don't know if we're supposed to be, but we certainly have been. (laughs) Okay. And ideally, it's going to be one that's not a major superpower that people already have. That might actually be impossible. Like, there's a good chance that the Animal Changer basically already
0: exists. The making copies of yourself thing. I know some superheroes who've done that, but not quite the same way. Like, Multiple Man or Triplicate Girl. Right. What about a power like Super Strength or Flight?
1: (laughs) Yeah, those haven't been done at all.
0: What about someone who can fly, but without even having wings?
1: Yeah, that's never been done either. I want it to be physical, not mental. Let's start with that. That's narrowed down this way. All right. How about... Okay. Perfect balance. That's the superpower. Perfect balance in herself and knowledge of balance in others.
0: What about balancing objects nearby. Like, how is she at doing that plate spinning thing? She's really good at that.
1: She's really good at Jenga. She knows exactly where to punch an enemy where they're most likely to fall from the contact. And she's trained well, so she's good at punching them there, too. It's not that, just that she knows where.
0: She can catch them off balance.
1: Yes, but she doesn't have a superhuman ability to punch them in the right spot. She's just well trained at that. She's got a superhuman knowledge of balance in herself, in others, and in an objects.
0: I like that. That reminds me a bit of The Clock King, where he was able to beat Batman in a fist fight by having studied his timing really well. <laughs> yeah. Good name for her. Okay, the default boring one would be the balancer. Something about checks and balances? <laughs> no. That's probably too long for a name. It's also ridiculous. Hanging in the balance. Balance sheet. You're just trying to think of puns. This is where the magic happens, people. <laughs>
1: The Human Lever. That's her name. Okay. L-E-V-E-R, not L-E-A-V-E-R. But maybe she's got like a commitment issue underlying story. So there's like a pun
0: as well. Is she good at balancing her superhero activities and her secret identity? (laughs) (laughs) Just normal amounts. Good at that. (laughs) Okay, so this doesn't extend to like good time management.
1: No, her name is Fulcrum, colon, The Human Lever. Oh, that's good. So she is The Fulcrum, or Fulcrum. She goes by Fulcrum. Okay. She is The Human Lever. And I know that's a mixed metaphor, because the fulcrum is actually the point where the lever rests. Right. But, okay. So what are the other things we're supposed to do with our...
0: Catchphrase, like, it's time to balance your checkbooks. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the catchphrase. Her costume could have some sort of scales theme going. Like, scales isn't the weighing kind, not like, lizard scales.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, her slogan is striking a balance for
0: justice. Oh, no, you have to strike a balance between two things. Hang on. Striking a balance between justice and mercy? Eh. Preserving the balance of power. Balancing act.
1: Hang on, let me see if there's a good lever or fulcrum idiom to use.
0: Anchors away, but way is in bold.
1: Idioms for fulcrum. No idioms for fulcrum.
0: Wow, there are no common idioms with the word fulcrum? (laughs) (laughs) I know, it surprised me as well. You've heard of folk rock, now here's the fulcrum. Uh, yeah. Oh, how about a fulcrum press? Like a full court press from basketball? How about that's
1: how the cookie full
0: crumbles? (laughs) Lever it to me, that's our slogan.
1: Lever to me? Lever it to me. Okay, that's not good. (laughs) What do you mean it's not
0: good? I did it on Purpoise. P-O-I-S-E, like poise. Yeah, I see what you're going for there, but it just seems (laughs) like it's a porpoise joke that's misspelled. Let me poise you this question. She can be like a
1: Batman villain working these really bad puns into every single line. Okay, so we've got several suggestions. We'll come back to that later, maybe.
0: Okay, so her origin. Was she a gymnast to begin with, and she trained really well at it?
1: No, I'm thinking she was a professional surfer. Good. And she got struck by lightning at the top of the perfect wave or something.
0: And this allowed her to tap into the universe's balance force. Like the speed force that the Flash uses. Yes. That's good. I like postulating forces that don't actually make sense.
1: So she's going to have a sort of wet y type thing.
0: It should probably have a symmetrical pattern.
1: Yes, it is symmetrical. It might even have some scale imagery on it.
0: Right, like the balance scale type.
1: Right. Wait, you know what? Maybe her slogan will
0: just be surfs up. Cowabunga.
1: No, no. She's not stealing from Leonardo or Michelangelo.
0: Let's get totally tubular. Her slogan
1: is turtle power. Let's eat some pizza. <laughs> And defeat the Shredder. That's her slogan.
0: She's just a very big fan of Ninja Turtles.
1: Oh, like her methods of transportation are like the big balls that the circus bears balance on, or like a big cylinder that she like runs on as a log based thing. You know what I'm talking about?
0: What if she just runs along like telephone wires? Oh, she can do that too. She's pretty into
1: parkour. Let's say this. She's kind of a parkour superhero.
0: That's good. The kids these days will appreciate that. The Kids These Days five years ago. Yeah. At this point in my life, Kids These Days is kind of a moving target.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So Fulcrum,
1: the human lever, her principal weapon is one of those sticks that people walking tightrobes have. Okay. She doesn't need it to balance, though. She uses it to, like, pole vault and stuff.
0: Or just to poke people. Yeah. Or maybe trip them. That's probably a good thing for her.
1: Yes. She also has a lot of banana peel themed... (laughs) No, she's not Goofy. She's a serious superhero. Sorry. Okay, so that's Fulcrum, the human lever.
0: Okay, and what is her mission? Is she just fighting street crime, or is she trying to preserve some cosmic balance?
1: I feel, okay, so it depends. Do you want me to spoil her story arc? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I feel like the opening storyline will be that she decides to just occasionally use this power for the force of good, just like stopping crime and stuff. Very early Spider-Man. But then ultimately, well, sorry, I don't want to carve off any lines for you. I'm thinking that ultimately the main like overarching plot lines in her character progression are going to involve some sort of keeping the balance, fighting to preserve, you know, so that two ever warring sides of whatever don't win. But I don't want to like cut off your ability to spell out her arch nemesis.
0: I think that makes sense for the character. There could be like some retcon where it turns out she's like the incarnation of the spirit of balance or whatever. Does that mean she's going to be the Unity from Terror Island? Which, as we've found, means you can write that justifying basically anything. <laughs> yeah. Because you might need to balance too much
1: balance against not enough balance. Yeah. Maybe the Unity is, like, when she has, like, particular transcendent moments of uh, contact with the balance force, she is
0: advised by the Unity. but right, she's just talking to these three game pieces.
1: No, they were game pieces. Were just how they were portrayed in Terror Island. In this comic, <laughs> they would be portrayed by
0: some sort of weird, uh, otherworldly figures. Right, and there are four of them because three of them is just how they were photographed.
1: No, there are there are three of them.
0: Okay, I'm just saying if they don't have to be game pieces, all bets are off.
1: No, that's not all bets are off. Just some bets are off.
0: (laughs) Sid and Steven could have been like five people each.
1: Ben, I don't know if you remember, but we decided on the unity as an extremely subtle form of commentary on the doctrine of the Trinity in Christian religion. (laughs) And
0: if we didn't before, then canon. We did not No, we did. Okay. I think that was explicit, wasn't it? I don't remember. It might not have been. We didn't bother to explain things much. I think I made fun of you every
1: time you explained things.
0: Yes. Negative reinforcement.
1: Okay. So that's her power. She starts off using it just, uh, like, workaday hero stuff, but then she starts to realize that there's a larger storyline going on that she's part of.
0: All right, so now we need a villain.
1: Yes, you need to come up with a villain.
0: All right, so my first thought is someone like Stiltman from Spider-Man, where his main weakness is that he's easily tripped.
1: (laughs) That seems like the worst (laughs) possible. (laughs) That would be like if The Flash's main enemy were the sloth. Not a superhero sloth, just a sloth.
0: It's more like how Aquaman's villains are people who can be defeated by fish telepathy. Or how Superman's villains
1: are people who can be defeated by someone who's got virtually every power <laughs> in the universe.
0: All right, so thematically, the villain needs to be a destabilizing force. The thing is, that's true of most villains. So in this case, that needs to be pretty extreme. I'm picturing like... Alternatively,
1: you could always go the route of the Flash.
0: Oh, where the villain is someone with a freeze ray or someone who is a monkey. <laughs> A hyper-intelligent gorilla, Ben? Yeah, sorry, not a monkey, an ape. Yeah.
1: You could also tap into her surfing her surfing background.
0: The Hang-Ten Man. Like, hangman, <laughs> but with hang... Stop it. Actually, I, I don't think we want to go with hangman imagery. That's... Not... Yeah. Oh, unless it's fixated on the game hangman. Right, it's not. Right, that doesn't actually make sense. I'm thinking of some sort of alien invader who's destabilizing force in that sense, who wants to destroy the Earth, possibly bring down human society in preparation for the invasion fleet. What kind of alien
1: are we talking about? A gray, green leptile aliens, bug monsters from outer space?
0: I think there should be just one of these aliens arriving, a really strong monster-looking alien.
1: Does he have the ability to disguise himself, or is it just like any time he's out, people are like, oh hey, get... Fulcrum, because there's this giant alien monster.
0: Yeah, the latter. This isn't going to be a subtle villain. This is going to be, like, basically Hulk level of obviousness.
1: Okay, and what's his superpower? Being an alien?
0: Yeah, he'd have vaguely defined alien physiology. He'd just be this large destructive force. I think somebody who travels from say to say by just smashing into the place.
1: Wait, Ben, I've got it, I've got it. He has no center of gravity.
0: (laughs) Ah, her one weakness. Wait. (laughs) His gravity is evenly dispersed throughout his body. I don't think that even makes sense as a physical concept. So it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) How are you still standing up? I don't have a center of gravity. Oh, as well as being this super strong, angry alien, he should sound really smart, but in the comic book sense where he just uses big words a lot.
1: Okay. He could be the iconoclast.
0: What about the Catalyst? That's good. He advocates change.
1: <laughs> the Catalyst.
0: Can the alien be vaguely cat-like? Yeah, but like, great cat style. Like
1: Yeah, yeah, lion or whatever.
0: Yeah, like maybe he has like, lynx ears.
1: Yeah, maybe Beast from the live-action Beauty and the Beast TV show.
0: Maybe Beast from the X-Men when he was kind of cat-like. Okay, or
1: like Sabretooth, maybe, from the X-Men?
0: Yeah, I never really cared about Sabretooth as a character. Sure, me either. So back to this villain, the Catalyst. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Catalyst. Maybe the invasion that he represents is what's threatening the balance. Okay. And the fulcrum needs to tap into her role as a balancer. Can I tell you that at some point in the series, she's gonna have to team up with
1: him to fight a greater evil?
0: Or a greater good, because that's also unbalanced.
1: Yeah, I don't know that she buys the Unity's line entirely.
0: Yeah, and you probably don't want to go that route because that undermines her role as hero. Yeah, I mean, maybe what would happen is
1: like, she'd be one of those characters like Hal Jordan or Jean Grey, where they have some sort of transcendent experience and become a wacky other character for a while.
0: Right, like there's one storyline where she destroys a city because she thinks that's balanced.
1: But it's not really her. She's being possessed by the unity or something, or she's become one with the unity. It doesn't, whatever. Hang on. I'm going to tell you what what her birth name is.
0: By the way, Dr. Dulatz's birth name is John Zoomorpho.
1: <laughs> it is not. It is not, Ben. It is.
0: He coincidentally has a last name that relates to the powers he acquired later in life.
1: Okay. I'm looking up. I've decided she's going to be Hawaiian.
0: And because she surfs?
1: Well, no. It's going to go the other direction. She surfs because she's Hawaiian. Or are you asking why I decided that? Yeah. Well, I felt like that would be a good justification for her main feature, and then also would allow it to be a slightly more diverse panoply of sure. of superheroes.
0: The Catalyst is also from Hawaii, but it's a Hawaii on a different planet.
1: Okay. Her name is Kiana, which I guess is Hawaiian for divine. All right. I don't know her last name. If any of our readers are experts on Hawaii, we could work that in there.
0: Okay. So where were we? All right. So she's trying to fight crime with her balancing powers.
1: Yes. I feel like there's going to be several bits of her story well before your villain comes into the picture.
0: Yeah. The Catalyst
1: is like a year three storyline.
0: I was thinking year two. I think we can jump into that early. I kind of feel
1: like it's got to be the end of the second year at, at the earliest.
0: See, I see the Catalyst arriving happening before she's contacted by the Unity.
1: By getting struck by lightning while surfing?
0: No, I mean by learning about her role as this cosmic balance protector or whatever.
1: Okay, are right. That's, but that can still happen end of year. So the way I'm seeing it, year one is like fighting ordinary crime groups. Mm-hmm. Like she's just starting off on like one-off robbers and then she starts taking on like a particularly overpowered organized crime family.
0: Yeah, and there could be recurring villains in that as well.
1: By the way, If this were to get written, I would get some people who are Hawaiian on board to be part of the writing team. I wouldn't just like appropriate and instill it all with my complete lack of knowledge of Hawaiian culture.
0: Well, not complete. You looked at a Wikipedia article on Hawaiian names.
1: Almost. I almost (laughs) did.
0: You read the summary of that link on Google results, something like that?
1: Well, it's not a Wikipedia article. No. It's from a website called alohafriends.com.
0: I just assume that anytime you're checking a website, it's a wiki.
1: Interestingly enough, this is more like an old GeoCities website from the look of it. Oh, nice. At any rate... Okay, so AMC is she, so she builds up, but like she doesn't have the sorts of superpowers that a lot of superheroes have. So I'm thinking that like the main thrust of the end of the first year would be like struggling with the fact that her skills and she starts her training regimen and stuff. So like she's not just you know knowing where to hit, but actually able to hit them there and stuff. But like they have guns and stuff, and she's got a stick, so she has to figure out how to be pretty badass in order to take them down.
0: Right, cause no matter how good you are at balancing, dodging bullets takes. A lot of speed. Yes. And by a lot of speed, I mean more speed than anyone actually has. Right. But she then goes on in the beginning of the second
1: year. She realizes that by destabilizing, maybe there's some foreshadowing. She destabilizes the the crime syndicate. And then a bunch of chaos emerges from the lack of criminal organization. And it's not that the message is like you should have left the criminal organization in place. It's just be aware that when you just take out one peg, the whole Jenga tower can fall.
0: Yeah, I like that. And her powers don't extend to being able to predict that kind of balance. Right. Social
1: organizational balance is not her is not her expertise.
0: Th- that would be an interesting power for a hero. Yes. They're good at understanding social structures. <laughs> they are a popular kid in a high school. <laughs> well, that's not necessarily understanding the structures.
1: There's a sort of understanding there if you can take advantage of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, this hero presumably would also be very popular.
1: Right. But anyway. But then, as the second year progresses, she starts to try and figure out more of this big planning stuff, and that is uh, more or less what puts her on the path to interacting with the Unity. Maybe she tries some literally insane balancing act, and it requires so much balance force that she is temporarily transported to the balance dimension, where the Unity contacts her, and warns her of an impending imbalance. And that's relatively early in year two. Uh,
0: and it's vague what the warning is actually of, because it's the Unity, and they're vague.
1: Right. And they're trying to balance giving too much information and not giving enough information. And so she's keeping her eye out. She's like trying to figure it out. And her sidekick, she's got to have a good sidekick. uh...
0: Hang tan, a 10 year old. (laughs) No, no. Her sidekick would be balance and check. (laughs) No, but then they'd need first billing and that doesn't work.
1: Yes. I don't know. The sidekick would be, let's see she teams up with a rookie cop that's that's her sidekick as a rookie cop not a superhero just and not really a sidekick but like a quasi-partner type thing not like a full partner fulcrum still gets full title on the you know on the thing but sort of the next most major character is her rookie police officer partner or teammate and they help her out by letting her know like stuff that only police can find out because she doesn't have any special sources of information or anything
0: Right, but now she's able to listen to, like, the police frequency on the radio.
1: Right, and also, like, look at, and, like, run fingerprints and stuff and find out things. And she starts to see that there's patterns behind some of these seemingly random robberies that she's been stopping. And she starts to add it up together and she's ultimately going to think, now we're spoiling it for all of our listeners, but she ultimately is ending the season thinking she's just going to find like a clever crime boss or something. And she walks into a room in which there is standing like an eight and a half foot tall gigantic cat monster from outer space. And that's, I'm thinking is literally the last scene in the last panel of year two.
0: Yeah, she walks in, maybe he just smashes a desk to make a point. Some show of strength. Or
1: she zeroes in. Maybe they've got some visual representation of her balance knowledge that's like a crosshair
0: type thing over a weird filter. Uh, and it's just freaking out on him because he has no center of gravity.
1: Uh, it like zeroes in on a particular point and she kicks him there and he is unmoved entirely. And then as she's laying on the ground panicked that her ability has for the first time like completely abandoned her or whatever or seems not to be working, he laughs and declares himself the catalyst.
0: He roars at her and then says, By the way, I'm the catalyst and I have no centre of gravity. Ha ha. ha.
1: <laughs> Perhaps you'll find this fight more balanced than you're used to.
0: <laughs> Last panel he says, now it is your life that hangs in the balance.
1: Yes. Can I tell you what would be amazing is if we had a comic where one character's dialogue was written by you and <laughs> one character's dialogue was written by me, and I was trying hard to write serious <laughs> comic, and you were not at all. I'm the check to your balance. That sounds kind of like a Deadpool comic. Yeah. At any rate, who do we think is going to win between the catalyst? That's a weird question to ask who's going to win. Here's what I think we were probably supposed to do. We we're supposed to come up with our things privately, reveal them to each other, and then see who won.
0: Right, like which is more powerful, but instead we're going for like, how does this story work? Yes. But I think that's the better question anyway.
1: This is better than what that request was intending if it intended that.
0: I'm not sure if it did. I mean, it doesn't specify.
1: But if you're thinking about it in terms of the storyline, obviously the hero is going to win.
0: Yeah, and in this case, like the catalyst should be winning for the first two thirds of this story arc. Like this is a force beyond anything she's dealt with before.
1: Right. I'm thinking that the universe she's in is relatively low super.
0: Yeah, a giant alien is unusual even by superhero standards here.
1: Right. And let's say that there's not like a lot. Of, there's not like Superman level superpowers or anything here. There's mostly like maybe like Batman level people. Mm -hmm. Like, she's one of the few actually supernatural characters in the universe. I'm actually kind of sad that these aren't going to be comics. They might be. I guess our podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons license.
0: Yeah, though, uh, if you trademark Fulcrum before this airs... Uh, I don't think I can trademark Fulcrum. I I guarantee if one could, somebody's already done it. I could probably trademark Dr. DuLats, At least in a superhero context.
1: All right, let's look at this uh, request and make sure we've satisfied this request. I would like to request a superhero podcast in which Ben and Lewis each pick a superhero power and a supervillain power, explain the choices, and discuss if Ben's superhero could defeat Lewis the supervillain and vice versa. I think we've done that, and let me say, if any of our listeners are talented artistically and want to collaborate with us on a webcomic featuring either of these characters, we are open to hearing any proposals. We won't necessarily go along with any proposals, but I am definitely keen to hear them.
0: I would read their comic adventures. Me too. So until next week, let's change some animals. The balance is in your court. We probably shouldn't say until next week each time since this is not a weekly podcast.
1: I usually say until next time, which is nice and vague.
0: I keep saying until next week. Yeah, until next time works. So until next time, keep checking your balances. (laughs) No, wait, that's
1: too many metaphors at once.
0: Until next time. Part of a well-balanced breakfast
1: strike a good balance that's the one striking a good balance that'll be her shtick
0: what about part of a well-balanced breakfast though i think she could work that in
1: she could say that occasionally but it's not her main catchphrase
0: what if she's like stopping a breakfast robbery <sighs> is she stopping the lucky charms rabbit <laughs> like what's,
1: what's what's wait oh man remember when they used to have the characters from the comics would make appearances in the advertisements oh yeah for like hostess fruit pies she can say it in like the Hostess Presents or whatever.
0: She could talk about how Cheerios are part of a well-balanced breakfast. Yes. So eat them to be just like me, the fulcrum.
1: Not the fulcrum, fulcrum, the human lever, lever.
0: Human lever, the fulcrum.
1: No, get it right. This has been one of the most fun that we've done to record. I feel like if somebody requests that we just do it again, I would do it again.
0: Yeah, I probably would too. RequestCast is powered by the requests of listeners like you. You can send us your requests on the web at podcast.requestcomics.com or visit our forum at timefan.com.